Hello, I'm Thales Vitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my blog where it's both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you specific takeaway, also that way your journey can be a little bit easier. Now, it has been a minute since I last did a blog, so a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about is going to feel like walking down memory lane and, you know, kind of just old man sitting on a, on a stoop recounting stories because a lot has happened, you know, even like within a week, it feels sometimes like a lifetime. And at this point, it's been like two months almost since I did a vlog. So I'm, I'm going to update you on as much as I can from the film festivals, uh, finishing the movie, you know, where things are headed next, what I'm working on now, um, and just things in general, the, the obstacles along the way, right? But before I fully dive into it, allow me to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. That way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, because I'll put this to you. So let's get into this. Um, you know, I kind of went on hiatus just in general, not even just the blog, but just in general in May, because at that point, uh, I needed to go to Slovakia. I was already scheduled to go to Slovakia, which is my, where my family's from, and needed to handle um, some personal business, but then also just I hadn't seen my family in like three years because of the pandemic and so forth. Uh, and I was kind of on the fence, like I, I, I knew time-wise it wouldn't be that great to go, but then what kind of sealed it and I needed to go was that my grandfather passed away. And so I needed to go. And the reason why it wasn't a good opportunity to go was because we had gotten the news that we were going to be part of the Marina Del Rey Film Festival. And that's great. It was going to be our first festival, our premiere. But the movie wasn't finished. So VFX weren't finished. Uh, the sound wasn't finished. Uh, the edit was finished, um, but the color wasn't finished. So, in essence, we didn't have a completed movie. And we had a month before the actual premiere. Now, that doesn't mean we had a month to work on it because, of course, there's a deadline you have to hit to deliver the the movie so that way it can be packaged, so that way it can be ingested into the projector system at the theater, right? And that, I mean, bare minimum, that's like a week out in terms of the premiere. So, you know, we had about three weeks at best, right? So it really was just one of those moments where like, okay, there's going to be so much to deal with and let's just figure this out. Um, and yeah, so not only am I in Slovakia dealing with jet lag, still working here um, in the sense like working my full-time job as well as working on the movie, but then also needing to complete stuff there. So it was basically like four jobs rolled into one. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was a grind, but you know, in that sense... I knew what a grind it would be. Um, and 
the the hardest part of it was you know I had internet there, but it was really slow internet, and so any any time like anything came in, whether for work or for the movie, it just took forever to download, upload. Um, so you know there I'd be kind of in the kitchen trying to be away from any other people, so that way I didn't bother them. Like this was like middle of the night type stuff, and there I am, you know, watching the movie for color correction, taking notes. Um, you know, coordinating with my sound people. Uh, and yeah, it was just, the other aspect of it was, you know, the, the outlets there are different. And even though we had two adapters, um, the plugs were kind of just in terrible places. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, I kept having to switch out you know, I had two computers and a hard drive and this and that. So, like, I kept having to switch out to, like, keep the, the computers going uh, and so forth. Like, it, it really was very comical and that this was essentially my home base um, for two weeks. Um, two very important weeks to essentially deliver the movie when it was such a, such a you know... Uh, nefarious, not nefarious, but uh, very trepidatious. Um, I'm blanking on, on the right word to use, but just a very sensitive time, let's say, right? And of course, there's the whole emotional weight of, you know, just family and death and, and so forth. Um, so it's certainly a May to remember. Um, but you know, in that sense, I remember even, you know, I felt kind of good about certain things. Um, and then I, as I was sort of heading home, you know, I got some news about VFX um, not being uh, ready. And, and like I was getting certain ones back and they weren't quite what I was expecting. And so in that sense, it was just kind of like an all hands on deck of like, all right, let's we got to figure this out. We, you know, even if it's not the final VFX, uh, we need something. It just can't have like a title card that says insert VFX here. Right. Um, and yeah, so I, I remember as I was on the plane coming back, I mean, what a day and age we do ultimately live in because I, I purchased the, the fastest internet I could. And this is a international flight. And, you know, although slow, the fact that I was able to have internet was a miracle. And so, you know, I was just kind of able to communicate with various team members and uh, kind of get the ball rolling on solutions. And, and really, in that moment, like, it, it, was, it was very much like a crushing moment of like, wait, what do you mean, like, things don't look good um, in the sense of, we don't know if we can complete this or not on time. And so, I, you know, whenever that happens for me, I don't go into panic mode. I mean, I do, but the panic is transferred into action. And so it was very much like, okay, well, what do we need to do? Um, how much, you know, who do I need to hire? How much is this going to cost? Like, what steps can we take? Because, it, you know, at that point, you're in for a penny, in for a pound. It just, to me, it wasn't an option to not have this movie completed by 
the premiere. No matter what it took, by hell or high water, I just wasn't going to accept that. And I was going to get this to completion, right? And that was a crazy part about it, right? And even just, you know, there was certain music that we were still completing. Like, it, it very much felt like Lord of the Rings, you know, if you watch the behind the scenes making of, especially with the third movie, The Return of the King, that I, I love those bonus features and I really you, you watched them like growing up even more than the movie, to be honest. Um, I think the movies, in my opinion, are good, but I, was, I always gravitated towards more of the passion of the making of it. And in that, you know, it was always Peter Jackson kind of, you know, that same story, just on a much higher scale. And yeah, people didn't know if they were going to be able to deliver the movie on time. Like, if you really watch it, uh, it's, you know, in hindsight, it's a nice story to tell. And growing up, it, it felt like this fable, this glory, and so forth. And yet, having lived it, there's a, a different interpretation of it. There's a different way of relating to that story. Um, and, you know, I, Peter Jackson, in those interviews, you know, one of the funny f- things he says is, like, listen, they always say, like, you got to deliver a movie on time. But no one, tells you, no one says that you have to deliver it earlier. Um, so, of course, I was going to deliver the movie. It would be irresponsible not to. And so by that account, like, that's a great quote. And it also indicates that he wasn't nervous, right? Out of anyone else, he, he could steer the ship. And for the most part, I was able to keep a sense of calm with everyone around me. But certainly internally, it was like, holy shit. Is this actually going to work out? Are we going to be a laughing stock? Am I going to have let everyone down? And if anything, that was my driving factor when I spoke to people and really helped push them because, you know, these, these weren't just like hired guns. These were all people that, you know, were a part of it, um, that have invested time and effort collectively to this, that, that know everybody on board. And I said, you know, listen, it's not for me. It's for all of us collectively. We don't want to put our bad name out there. Um, we don't want to we don't want to look bad for ourselves, right? And and for and if not for ourselves, then, you know, the people that were part of it, the actors and everyone else. And people understood that. And so that was a very, as I said, driving motivation to get it on time. But man, yeah, like by the <laughs> by the thinnest of margins, we were able to, to do it. I remember, um, you know, three days before we needed to hand over the movie, I get the first pass of the sound design, you know, the sound mix. And overall, it was very good, you know, which was a huge weight off my shoulder. And then, you know, it was like, okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's just make some adjustments and things like that. And we were able to, and, you know, we, we made it work. Um, <laughs> and we, we did it, right? Like, what... What a incredible, incredible moment. And at that point, it very much felt like, you know what? We did what we could. And I'm, sh- you know, 
yes, part of it was we prioritized aspects of the movie to make sure, you know, we needed this in and anything else like was a wish list, but we got the main stuff done uh, and that felt like a big weight. And the joke was that like, hey, if the projector goes out, what are you going to do at that point, right? It's totally out of our control. I'll just bring the laptop and we'll all huddle up and watch the damn movie, right? Like we literally did everything we could um, to get to that moment. And it felt rewarding. And, you know, oftentimes, like, as someone who watches like Entourage and just things in general, right? Um, there, there's a sense of nervousness that's supposed to go into a premiere and so forth. And, you know, the funny part is, much like Peter Jackson, I actually never saw the final film until the premiere, which is June 20th. And, you know, there's the, the story that Elijah Wood says about the third movie. You know, they're going up into the theater and Elijah asks Peter Jackson, hey, so are you excited for people to see it? And Peter Jackson goes, I'm excited to see it. Elijah Wood's like, what do you mean? You haven't seen it? I mean, I've seen parts of it, but I've not seen the full thing. You know, so in that regard for me, I'd seen the color corrected version and knew that the color correction was good. I've listened to the sound design um, overall, and then we adjusted those things. But, you know, I heard those little sections, but I, I didn't hear it, you know, from start to finish necessarily. And then, you know, I, I know I approved each shot of the VFX and things like that, but I didn't, and I saw like it in chunks, but I didn't see even just the sequence, let alone it within the context of the film. So no, I'd not seen the completed movie until the premiere. And yet I felt good going into it because I knew what we put into it. And at that point it was like, you know what, it's, this is for me and everyone else to enjoy. And, you know, fun, fun, funnily enough, the actors, you know, they were pretty trepidatious. You know, they're the ones on screen, so there's a different vibe in that sense. I'm not the one on screen, and, you know, none of them had seen anything, really. I mean, they, they, for looping sessions, or, or what we call ADR, which is when they come in and re-record certain lines, like they'd seen portions of that, but that was, you know, when it sounded bad, and it's out of context, and it wasn't color correct, and all that. But certainly they'd not seen the movie. And um, yeah, there was, there was that sort of... And I was like, guys, just... It'll go by like this. So just do what you can to enjoy it. And moving into it, you know, part of it was... I wanted it to be as special as it could have been. And so... The thinking, let me, just for context, right... When I had made my first movie, Love Market, which is out on Amazon right now, uh, it participated in various film festivals. It won various film festivals, and it did great. But <laughs> because of the pandemic, there were no in-person screenings. It was all virtual. And so I never got that connection. We never even had a premiere. We never even had a like, cast and crew screening, really. And so if nothing else... I was like, hey, if the world's taught me anything, we don't know where things are headed. Like, things could shut down a week after this. So if, if all we get is this 
one premiere at Marina Del Rey Film Festival. Let's do it. Let's make it as special as it can be, right? So I, I made a choice to, you know, I printed out flyers and I would literally hand it out to anybody, even like I play soccer. So, you know, I handed it out to those guys and you know what? A lot of them were interested. And so like they came out and supported the movie. It really was a, you know, a grind in that way, but it, it was worth it because we got people to come out and pr- pretty much almost had like a, f- a full house. Um, I think the theater sat like 170 people. Um, and so just for like one row to be empty, that's, that's pretty good. And, you know, so there was that aspect of it. The other side of it was I wanted it to feel like a true premiere. So I decided to, you know, see what host slash videographer I can get to, to be a part of it. And, you know, luckily I know a lot of hosts and the irony of ironies is, um, I ended up going with somebody who I personally didn't know, but through my friend Danielle Robay, um, this person came highly recommended. Um, and, you know, ultimately the decision came down to timing. And a big factor of it was, uh, you know, do they have a videographer that they can bring, that they can work with, that I can also pay for? Because I wanted like a package deal instead of, because um, at that point it was too much of a hassle if they didn't know each other and, and so forth, right? So, Ended up working great. Um, this wonderful uh, woman named Miha, um, she did it. And, and yeah, it really, I don't know. I don't know how the actors felt about it and so forth, but I just wanted to make it as magical as we could um, for them. And so, you know, those interviews I've posted online, so you can check those out. Um, and, and I also wanted to film the, the Q&A afterwards, so we got that. Um, and you know, it's, it's in that sense, very interesting because, you know, as we're watching it, (laughs) part of me, you know, I, I I stood and kind of greeted people as they went in. And in that sense, once seats got taken up, I just kind of kept standing right but off to the side by the stairs and just watching the movie in that respect. And it was, it was fun for me to both watch the movie and see everyone else enjoying it, you know, and, and they were laughing when was intended, um, and overall just having a good time, right? And, you know, yes, there was like nitpicks that I have with, you know, some of the stuff that we did. Um, there's also like just the projector. It felt like it was kind of on its last legs where the bulb would slowly pulsate brighter and darker, um, and so forth. But overall, none of that really mattered and people really enjoyed the movie because the truth of the matter is I've certainly been on the receiving end of obligatory congratulations. And once the movie was over, it didn't feel like that at all. And what was great was afterwards, I brought everybody involved up with me and it felt great because we really did share the stage in that way. I didn't want it to just be about me. Uh, I'm someone who comes from a sports background, specifically soccer. And to me, just because you're the one that gets the goal and, you know, the goal wins the World Cup, that doesn't mean you did it on your own. Everyone was there involved in, you know, however large or, you know, consider a small role. It doesn't matter. 
to me, all those roles have an equal importance, even though they might seem minor or large. And so it was great to have everybody on stage. And again, that was a moment where the lights didn't come on. So we were literally in darkness. And I was like, you know what? Let's go for it. Uh, we, we can hear each other. You guys ask questions. We'll answer them. And if the lights come on, they come on. Eventually, they come on after like five, ten minutes. But it, it was great, you know? Regardless, it's like it, it, it was all just part of it. Rather than – and that's the thing of it, right? It, it comes down to perspective because in that moment, I could have been very upset that the light bulb was going in and out um, and certain things with the sound here and there. You know, it felt like there was a portion where all of a sudden the, the sound just really went up and I knew that wasn't the case of our sound mix. It just, I don't know, someone cramped up the volume or something. I don't know. And, you know, there we are. On, people just loved it and we're all sitting in total darkness. And you know what? If anything... It just made it all the more special in my mind because, like, we're here, we're going, we're going with it, and we're having fun. No one's upset by this. Uh, so, I don't know. I guess in that sense, I will credit myself that I did set the tone in that way. And certainly it helped that the movie was good. But I always knew that. Um, and it was great. You know, it was the, the victory for me. Yes, of course, I wanted the audience to love it. But I wanted the cast and crew to, to love it. Um, because they're ultimately, I don't know, I look at it like they're the people I have to answer to, right? And it was just great when they themselves were raving about how awesome it is. And that's fantastic. You know, each of them, I can't say enough good things. I, I've certainly posted a lot about them, and, and I, I sincerely mean every single one of those things, and I continue to post because... Yeah, just my heart bleeds for them uh, and how amazing they are and how thankful that I am for the leap of faith that it took. And I mean, I knew that this movie would be harder than my first movie, but it was exponentially harder. In fact, I, I knew that it would be exponentially harder. I didn't know it, was, it would be damn near impossible. And we literally pulled off a, a, a freaking miracle. This movie, you know, I joked to many friends that uh, after this, I don't ever want to make a movie again. Like, this movie almost destroyed me, destroyed my spirit. I never want to make another movie in my fucking life. Uh, and the joke is that, you know, they were like, no, you don't actually mean that. Of course you don't. And uh, I don't because I'm already planning a third one, which, which I will talk about um, in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it was what a moment. And, you know... It was also made special by the fact that my mom was able to come. Uh, she was on the, on the fence about coming um, just because of other obligations, but she was able to carve out the time. And even though the plane ticket was, was expensive, she was like, it was really worth it. And it was great to have her be a part of that, you know? And, and um, you know, she's read the script. She's seen an early cut of it. Um, which I was against, you know, I always wanted her to see the final product, but she's my mom. So what, what mom wants, she gets. Um, but even for her having known all that stuff to see it in its final form and, and be there live, um, certainly was a special moment. It was great to share it with her and yeah, I mean, share it with everyone in that sense. And what, what also made it extra special was my friend Jeff Graham, his movie Always Lola, 
also was premiering at that festival. So mine was Monday, his was Wednesday. And, you know, I'm thankful because we were both so supportive of each other. And, you know, we really journeyed together in making our movies. And in fact, it was Jeff's wife, Laura, who (laughs) was the one rushing around and making sure that the lights did get turned on um, for our Q&A. And, you know, so it, it felt special in that way. And then Wednesday when they premiered, they literally sold out. Like they had people, people needed to stand um, because it was just such a packed house. And, you know, there's such a synergy between not only me and Jeff, but between, you know, the people I worked with and the people that Jeff worked with, you know, Andrew Guy, he worked on both projects. And so I kept, you know, whenever I would promote it, uh, internally to my team as well as externally, I said, you know, not, you know, don't come out to just my movie, come out to their movie. Um, and it's, it's a movie that like I'd seen, but I'd need not seen in its final form. Right. And that was the beauty of it was to, to really be in awe and see the final vision of what he put out. Right. And the interesting aspect of it that came out of it for both of us was, there were certain choices early on that I wasn't on board with for his movie. For example, you know, he used a lot of close-ups. And I was like, you got a wide shot? Maybe use a wide shot every now and then, right? And vice versa for me, he didn't quite get the step prints, which is a, a technique. Um, you know, it's not quite slow motion, but it kind of looks like slow motion, but it's not. And it's, it's this very, like, interesting technique. And he didn't quite get it at the time. And both of us were able to then afterwards be like, you know what? I was wrong. I Thank God you like vetoed this note of mine. And, you know, it accounted for other stuff as well. But overall, like, I get what you were going for. And I'm glad that you stuck to your guns. And, this, you know, same thing for him in terms of my movie and vice versa. And that's the, that's the great part about it is, you know, sometimes you do have to, quote unquote, fall on your sword and, you know, make that artistic choice and be bold enough to make it. Um, and certainly, it's not to say that you're going to reject every note. Um, there's plenty of notes that Jeff gave me and others that I took and vice versa, but also certain notes. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, I mean, <laughs> and certain notes you even can't, right? There was someone who was like, I don't like this subplot. And it's like, well... A, I can't do anything about that. Um, B, if that's the case, the movie's just not for you, right? Um, so it's interesting in that way. But, so yeah, you know, Monday, great screening of mine. Uh, Wednesday, incredible screening of his for Always Lola. Um, I was deeply affected, like, much like other people in the audience, I was crying. Um, and Friday was the award ceremony. So I had... Going into it, I didn't know how much to like, I had no expectations, right? And I didn't want to set expectations for anybody else. So, you know, like morning of, I texted the the cast and crew. I was like, hey, I'm going to go to the award ceremony. You're welcome to come. I'm just going to go just to, you know, say and network with the people that I've gotten to know over the course of the week at the film festival and say goodbye. You know, like I said, you're welcome to join, but... You know, I, I I wouldn't get my hopes up. And so there I am. Um, and that was, you know, speaking of like perspective and moments. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
part of it, maybe I should have advertised it more. Like I said, I mean, I, I literally said it morning of, um, so it's hard to, for people to plan that way, especially on a Friday. The other side of it uh, was, yeah, like, you know, it was a self-deprecating sort of aspect of, you know, um, yeah, we, I don't think we'll win. So uh, the only one to, person to come out was Andrew Gunn because, you know, and he was there because of also Always Lola, right? He's, you know, in both movies. And so he was kind of that connection to our movie. And overall, I hung out with the Always Lola crew. The cast came out for that, um, as well as Jeff and Laura and, and, and a few other people. And, you know, we're just having a fun time drinking and so forth. <laughs> and maybe I'm drinking a little bit too much because, you know, in my mind, I'm like, we're not going to win. So, like, let me just have some fun. And, and, and I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's that thing of, like, you know, yes, it's always nice to win. And so why not, right? Um, but to numb the pain, you know, may, maybe I'm, like, preemptively drinking. And then we're getting towards the end, right? And if anything, I was hoping, like, maybe we'll win Best Ensemble. Because I really wanted that for the team. I was like, you know what? Let the actors get the victory. Like, that would be a nice victory if we got Best Ensemble. We didn't get it. So I was like, fuck. You know, if that, that was the one that I really wanted. Well, Best Audience Award comes up. Which is, like, basically, I mean... Thinking of it like the number two award in any film festival, really. And they say, a Bogota trip. And it really is like one of those like Oscar-type moments where you're, where you're like dumbfounded. Wait, it's like, wait, did I hear that correctly? And, you know, the Always Lola crew, they're like, no, no, like, you won. You won. I was like, holy shit. Um, so, like, I was like, yo, Andrew, like, you're kind you, you, you deserve this. Like, let's go. You and me, buddy. Let's go. Um, and it was like, I didn't even know what, like, I should say or whatever. Um, you know, Jeff recorded it for me. I've, I'm, I'm too scared to, like, watch it back. I mean, I, I know that I talked about, like, hey, you know, essentially go make your movie and be, you know, Columbia, you know, it isn't a bad place, so definitely check it out, learn more about it type of thing. And then, Andrew um, spoke very eloquently, but yeah, we were both just just dumbfounded, right? And 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 part of it was like, in my mind, if any movie should have won audience award without hyperbole, I was like, always Lola, you know, they sold out and had standing room for their movie, like they deserved the audience award, like clearly the audience loved them, and so it felt great to win, but there was that I don't know, like. It felt like something was missing. And I, and I say that genuinely and purely. Not like, oh, I didn't want to like celebrate in front of my friends. It really felt like something was missing. And then what happens? The grand, the, the best feature award, right? The grand prize. Always Lola wins. And oh my God, like it just completed the night in that way. It made it such a special moment. And... It reaffirmed like all the talks that Jeff and I and and you know the worries along the way, the hard decisions, the hard moments, it just felt validated. And you know, the people sort of every now and then from the outside that weren't involved, maybe questioning a thing here and there. It was just the nice, like, yeah, you know what? Whatever you thought, 
this is vindication. This made it worth it. And so, yeah, it felt very justified. It felt very good. You know, never did. I, it was never my intention to do it for the awards, but it, yeah, I'd be lying if I said it didn't feel good in that moment. Um, you know, especially with like, as I talked about at the beginning of this, that hard, you know, like sprint after a full marathon to the finish line to get this thing over the over the edge and, and get it to completion, and to know that it worked and it resonated. Damn, it felt good. Damn, it felt good. It really did. Um, and yeah, and as I said, people were congr- the the movie really resonated with people because. I also know they weren't just saying it to me, but they would go up to the various actors and be like, oh my God, I related to your character in X, Y, and Z ways. And that doesn't happen if the movie didn't speak to them. And that goes for all, you know, there's five primary characters, each of them crushed, and um, not everyone who had um, supporting roles can make it out because some people are in Colombia, but um, like, for example, Graciela and Victor, who are in the movie, they're actually LA locals. Um, you know, they were fantastic as well. And it, it was just great, essentially, to, for them, for me to have their faith rewarded. I hope that makes sense. But essentially, you know, they put a lot of faith in me. And it was great that the reward was, was there for that faith. Um, it felt so damn special. Right? And so, the other... St- part of it that sort of hit me a couple days after as people were like texting me, calling me and emailing me was this aspect of, oh my God, like the movie resonated with them so much, but like, what is the responsibility I have as an artist? Because, you know, there's a, there's a plot point about ayahuasca, which is a hallucinogenic drug. And, you know, in that sense, Apparently, I had inspired a lot of people to find, like, they've been thinking about ayahuasca, and now they're like, I want to do it. Well, I'm like, okay, but don't, don't negate the part of the story that talks about it, you needing to be responsible with it, right? Um, so it's interesting to see, you know, how, how not co-opted, but just for lack of a better term, you know, art can be in that way, and what people take away from, from those moments. And, you know, looking back on it, I'm actually glad, like, uh, you know, there, there, there was a makeup choice I had decided, and at first I, I thought it made sense, and then, you know, as we're kind of completing the movie, and we're editing and so forth, like, it, it's a choice that we needed to stick to, right? We, we used it for one day, and then we needed to use it for all the other scenes, and I was kind of, throughout, kind of questioning, I was like, did we, did, we, did we go too much? And you know what? Now... Seeing that reaction of people, I'm like, you know what? Thank God that's that's part of it because at least on a s- s- unconscious level, you know, I-, I could point to that and be like, it's not it's not as like um, romanticized in terms of ayahuasca as you're interpreting it to be, right? Um, so I can point to evidence of that, but yeah, I mean, it's just just interesting. It's um, and if you are someone thinking about ayahuasca or any other sort of um, therapeutic hallucinogen, do it responsibly. You know, if, if you're curious, happy to uh, talk about it with you, you know, in the comments section or on social media or whatever. 
Um, I believe it's a, it's a great tool, but like all things, need to be handled with responsibility. Um, so yeah, the victory was seeing it in front of the audience and, and really um, it resonating in that way. Now, uh, other festivals that we s- submitted to, we're not going to be finding out until August, which is coming up. Um, and then the festival won't be, you know, the festivals won't be till like September, October, November. Like that's really the bulk of uh, primarily when we will be playing. And so given that time, you know, I went back to my team. I gave them a few weeks off and, I, and you know, I said, we'll take a few weeks off and then we'll um, reassess and, you know, any of the effects that we want to tweak, sound design um, and stuff like that. So right now we're in the midst of finessing, right? And uh, that's a good place to be because uh, I think, you know, the movie was great, but just, you know, just getting it over that, that full finish line of completion, right? Because as I said, we prioritize certain things to have it be presentable. And now that we have the benefit of, of time, why not? And people do it all the time, right? Um, so, you know, um, that's what we're utilizing now. And then, the other big aspect that, you know, as, as that's kind of been going, I've been, um, I knew I wanted to, in the downtime, I knew that I wanted to start working on something because, um, you know, the next steps of this movie are more festivals, um, getting distribution and so forth, right? Which is a very, let's say the business side of things, right? Getting more press for it, all that stuff. And, you know, it's certainly stuff that I enjoy doing um, and, and, and capable of doing, but it can take a long time and it's certainly not as creatively fulfilling. You know, like I, the, for me, the creative part was I, you know, I've completed the movie um, in, in, in terms of the mental exercise and whatever other things that I'm working on it now is really more for the audience's benefit, right? Um, I always talk about like the last 20% is always for the audience because you mentally have gone through um, what you were trying to achieve with it, right? You figured out the puzzles and so forth. So it's just a matter of execution. And that's the point we're at. And so I wanted very much to have some, something creative that I could be working on. And part of that's also, you know, not for nothing. People are always like, well, what do you got next? Like you did this, you know, what do you got next? And it's that age old thing you don't want to say, oh, I got nothing. And so I wanted to have some stuff. And I'd already been working on an, uh, my second novel, In Search of Sunrise. So I've got that. But then it was like, okay, let's start thinking about a, a, a movie. And in that sense, there was an, a section of this movie that taught me a new skill that I'd been wanting to learn. And I'm not going to say what it is because it would kind of spoil an aspect of the movie that I don't want to spoil, but it it taught me how to do it. It taught me how to do it for cheap and so forth. So I'm like, you know what? That could be a good way to express this idea that I have. And then I started thinking, I I don't know, I had, because of certain experiences in the past couple of weeks and so forth, months, whatever, I was like, oh, this other idea would be cool as well. And so in that sense, I'm, I'm, I'm in parallel tracks outlining two movies. One of them I just com- 
completed like the outline, you know, I'm sure there's going to be tweaking and things like that, but I think it's overall really solid. I'm, let's say 70% done with this other outline. I will, you know, I'm aiming to be done by the end of this week on that. And, you know, the, the idea is I want to make both, both. Um, but I, I can't make both at the same time. I mean, in theory I could, but, um, I don't have that time or the resources to allot for them. So I'm going to pick one to do before the other. And there's pros and cons to each, you know, each are harder in certain aspects and easier in the others. But rather than me decide, um, there's someone I want to work with and, you know, I've already spoken to the person. I basically said to them, dealer's choice. I'll give you both outlines. And you tell me from there which is of most interest. And it's not going to hurt my feelings because obviously I want to make both. Um, but you get to decide which, which I'm going to make first. And so that'll be fun. Um, and I'm really, and that's the thing, like I'm equally as excited for both. And I know I'm, I'm going to like do both. But, uh, but at the moment, you know, you have to start with one over the other. And what's funny is, you know, Marvel came out with their Phase 5 and Phase 6 at Comic-Con. And I saw that and I was like, you know what? Why not? It would be fun to just like do a parody little announcement. And so on Instagram, I posted my sort of, uh, you know, a Phil Svitek production and what we're working on, right? So, you know, having done Master Mental Fortitude, which is a nonfiction book, and that's out. Alon Alon, which is a coming-of-age novel. That's my first novel. That's out. You know, Love Market, which is my debut feature film. That's out. Uh, a Bogota trip, which is the movie that I've been talking about, that's coming soon. And then I, I made like these random posters um, for the, the two projects that I'm outlining. And then, you know, I put the uh, In Search of Sunrise book um, there and then uh, how to, you know, a how to book for filmmakers on there and just put, you know, what I thought would be relatively doable dates, right? You know, certainly like benchmarks that I would love to hit. Not that anyone's going to hold me to them. I mean, ultimately it's a parody, but um, yeah, I was like, you know what? Why not? Like, let me get excited about all the stuff that I've got on my slate that, that I've both created and still have coming up. And, and it feels good. And really, all of it is it's hard work, it's patience, and it's also knowing progress, not perfection. You know, there's days where all I get done, let's say in terms of the novel, is just like two paragraphs, barely. It's like, you know what? That's more than I had before. Um, so, yeah, little by little, you chip away at it, and um, good things happen. Um, you will be rewarded. Uh, I believe in that, you know. Um, I mean, the Marina Del Rey Film Festival story proves it to me. Uh, as I said, I mean, I was not even joking. Like, this this movie very damn nearly destroyed me. I mean, that, that May, that May of my life has never been a harder period. And individually, it was all stuff that was doable, but collectively of just dealing with all that crap all at once, it was a lot. But what choice did I have? Right? And so, you know, I went through it. Cost me more time, more money than I would have liked. And I'm still having to 
you know, deal with that and, you know, um, work to be able to pay some of that stuff off. But, you know, ultimately the victory for me is, is getting, having the movie completed, you know, and having, and, and, and the fact that it did win the audience award is justification of that choice. Um, certainly didn't sleep a lot, (laughs) um, in that moment, but I knew it wouldn't be a forever thing. Certainly wasn't. And so I came out on the other side and I'm very grateful for that experience. So that covers a lot of it. Um, there's plenty of other stuff in between all this, but, um, but I'll share, you know, little bits as I move along. You know, as I said, with this, with the Bogota trip, I'm working with sales reps to try to get distributors. Um, and I know we'll get a distributor. It's more about what's the best deal possible and so forth. So I'll, I'll share that as time goes on. So thank you so much for taking time to tune in. I truly do appreciate you. Um, as always, if you have any questions or thoughts of your own, comment down below or hit me up on social media at Bill Svitek. Would love to interact with you. Uh, if you appreciate what I do and think you might benefit, there's of course my coaching sessions. Um, that's linked to in the description. If that is too steep, well then there is my Patreon, patreon.com slash Bill There's various tiers of support and rewards. And so we can interact um, that way more directly. And likewise, I've made mention, especially towards the end, all the projects that I've got going on. Um, would love if you want to support those. Supporting that stuff helps support this because by getting to create that stuff, I get to share not only via my vlogs, but also other lessons and so forth uh, to try to benefit you, right? And ultimately, as now I can claim an award-winning film maker, which I was before because of of uh, love market, but um, there was just a disconnect because of the pandemic. Um, you know, I think they're great pieces of art that, uh, you know, truth be told, yeah, of course, not everyone's going to enjoy it, but the right audience is going to enjoy it. And I know that there's a big, big audience to enjoy that stuff. Um, certainly you can check out the trailers and so forth. Anyway, I've yapped your ear off enough. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. And I'll see you next time.